0: Hello, friends. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Insulet. They, of course, are the makers of the Omnipod, and the Omnipod is, of course, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. Today, in episode 46 of the Juicebox Podcast, I'm going to be speaking with Jeff Dotches. Jeff is the co-founder of the digital marketing agency called Razorfish, which I'm sure you've heard of. Uh, but at 47 years old, he was rather blindsided with his type 1 diabetes diagnosis, And he swung his business acumen around and pointed it right at diabetes. So Jeff's here to talk about type 1 and his new company called OneDrop, which you can learn more about at OneDrop.today. OneDrop's going to be an app and a community and a meter with a really interesting business model. So Jeff's got a lot to say. He even opens up a little bit towards the end of the show about his eating habits and how they affect his A1C, even though he knows they're going to be a little, uh, you know, Maybe not for everybody's taste, but he was just such an honest guy. It's a really great interview I think you're going to love. Let's get to it, huh? Juicebox podcast, episode 46. Wow, we're really moving right along.
1: Hey, I'm Jeffrey Dachis, uh the founder and CEO of OneDrop.
0: My first question for you is simple. It's how long have you had type 1 diabetes? When were you diagnosed?
1: I was diagnosed in September of 2013, a little over two years.
0: You're about two years into it. Um, Any confusion during your diagnosis? Because you're a man in your 40s? Correct. Okay, so um, a little late for type 1. Was there confusion? Not that it is, by the way. I've interviewed people who have been diagnosed at 60, but yeah but sometimes it causes confusion at the endocrinologist side. Was there anything like that for you?
1: So I went to see my GP initially, um, and it was really clear that I had diabetes, some form of diabetes with my GP. Um, he didn't run the antibody test, so we weren't con- so it wasn't conclusive yet what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely had you know diabetic level uh, blood sugars, and then uh, I got referred to an endocrinologist that day. I went in that day. Um, and you know was you know diagnosed with type one diabetes um so there was literally no confusion between you know when i got to, when I finally got to see the endo, there was no confusion about what I right um
0: standard presentation, crazy thirst urination that sort of thing
1: yeah, I went for a few months actually of uh you know just crazy, you know, thirst, you know, obviously peeing all the time. And then, um, I lost a lot of weight. So at first I thought, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> uh, Finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, cause I mean, you know, been, you know, I exercise quite a bit, but I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm fit, but I'm, I'm not losing weight because of my exercise. Right. And this all of a sudden kicked in and I was like dropping pounds, like crazy, like a pound a day or not quite, but I mean, like it felt like that. Yeah. And, um, so you know, at first I, I, I was kind of excited about whatever was happening, and then I realized there was something wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I would imagine as an adult, if that started happening to me, at first I'd be like, thank you, it's finally working out for That's me. That's what I said. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Working. Whatever, whatever I'm doing is finally working.
0: My hard work is paying off. Um, so, okay, so when, when you're done and you see an endo, is it? Um, do they start talking to you about technology right away, or do they hand you some insulin and some needles, or, or what do you leave the doctor with?
1: you talking about the first day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got an insulin pen, a pamphlet, a meter, and a pat on the back. No, you, you're
0: going to be fine then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was – and, and I had a very frank conversation with the nurse practitioner. I didn't really get to see the endo that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said to her, I said, this is not the kind of care I'm expecting and I said, I want to let you know that in advance if we're going to be working together. I said, you know, I don't expect to be rushed out of this doctor's office. I said, I don't, I don't really care who else is um, you know, coming in after me. I said, you know, you just announced a life-threatening chronic disease that I have. And I said, and I expect some measure of health care in this relationship we're about to have. And,
0: uh, it's fair to say, Jeff, you're, you're, you're walking in there with a, with a solid insurance plan and you can afford your copay and stuff like that. You're, you're receiving good care, like what, by, by standards, right? Like,
1: yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, apparently the, you know, the, you know, one of the best, um, endo practices in, at the time, Austin, Texas, I'm in New York city now, but, mm-hmm. but at the time in Austin, Texas, and, um, Somebody who is you know uh, you know very well respected and very well known, um, and and frankly the nurse practitioner that I dealt with you know Shannon shout out to Shannon you know she was she was excellent too when she finally realized you know what I was you know what I wanted. And do you um, think
0: that's a difference between your expectation and other people's, or do you think that's just they basically are it's a mill in there for them? They, people come in, they have diabetes, it's not new to them. Here's what you're going to do. Because I find that, and now you've had it for two years, so I find they give you enough information not to kill yourself and to take reasonably moderate care of yourself, and then they ramp up your understanding as the appointments go on. Um, And and I kind of think of that as, like, least common denominator, you know, healthcare, where they don't know you specifically, but they figure, you know, there's... We have to. I have to give this information out as if a child could accept it, and then I'll figure out who Jeff is as we're going along, and I'll give him more and more as I feel like I can handle it. Do you think that's what they were doing in first, and you just ramped it up and said, "No, don't do it like this. You know, give it to me now."
1: Um. No, I mean, and frankly, just to say, like, I didn't get any of that information. On Not the even first that. Day. Um, and I had to come back. You know, weeks later. You know, so um, hmm. I was kind of left to swim for myself initially. And but I made it very clear that I was very unhappy with the way things were going. I think generally for most people it's probably like a mill. Um and I think generally for most people, the endo or the doctor, or the GP, whatever, they don't have time nor do they really care. I I I, I you know, to focus on an individual's needs. Um they, their their economics are based on six or seven minute appointments.
0: Hustling, yeah. And so it, it, it is it, true it's too. It's not
1: possible to really get into any one individual's life or lifestyle or choices and so what you end up with is you know first of all a disempowering relationship right from the get-go from the moment you walk into that doctor's office you are you know disempowered you have somebody else that's paying for it and you're worried maybe they will pay maybe they won't pay maybe i don't have the as good of insurance how much is this going to cost me you know your knowledge base is zero so the doctor has all the information you know, there's somebody behind that computer right when you're checking in that's kind of clacking away at the keyboard. You don't really know what they're doing. Sure. It's, it's disempowering from the second you enter into that relationship. And so if you're not empowered with your own data and with your own information and with your own understanding of, of what you're doing, you're at a disadvantage from the get-go. From every aspect of your care, you're at, you're at a disadvantage. And so, you know, in a way, I don't blame them because that's the model that they're at you know that's the model that they're operating under yeah. but but we as individuals have to become empowered so that we can make better choices for ourselves we need to be our own advocates we need to be able to you know very forcefully make good choices for ourselves independent of this healthcare profession that spends about an hour with us a year
0: well and especially too in in the very beginning when you're describing it, it it's 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 almost like you were just in a car accident because someone says something to you. It's not like, hey, you've got a cold. Go home and sleep it off. Drink some fluids. It's, you know, you have a life-threatening illness. It's going to last forever at this point. It can't be cured. You know, all that stuff's soaking into you, and at the same time, you have just enough left to look at them and go, you're not even telling me how to take care of myself. And, And, and so it's just you're not in a great frame of mind to begin with. You would think that at that moment it would be very important to give you – what you need in digestible bits and not just here's a, an insulin pen. Did they put you on a sliding scale at first? Because you said they didn't want you back for a couple of weeks. How were you supposed to make decisions about the insulin?
1: Well, given my weight and height and, you know, sort of stuff, they, we, you know, they started off on a, you know, 10 units of Lantus and 10 units of Novolog, you know, dribble out on a carb ratio of 1 to 15 or 1 to 20 or whatever, they, you know, whatever I started out at. To and, just um, just
0: bare bones just getting you going.
1: Yeah, they wanted to see where I was at. Yeah, you know, they wanted to see what you know. And I will tell you that within three days I had already adjusted all of my own dosage and was completely under control in three days. So I went in with an A one C of I think fifteen, fourteen nine or something, maybe wow. fifteen and change. And um in three days was basically in range and I've pretty much, you know, kind of stayed in range since then. So, I got control of my diabetes right away with a with with a quick sort of self-educated understanding of what the inputs and outputs were and what I needed to do to make it happen and 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 it's rel- been relatively, I'll say, under control since then.
0: Yeah, I think that living with diabetes, I mean, maybe more or or just as much as some of other other diseases. It, it does not take long you could you could probably do a better job of meeting other patients than your endo can, unless your endo has type one or something like that. There's nothing like living with it to really give you a um, you know it's a crash course, but then soon you become sort of a you know an expert at it quicker than you imagine too. And and I think that's important to, for people to hear because I'm always concerned to hear when people say, "Well, I went to the endo and they bumped around my basal rate a little bit on my pump." And said, "Come back in three months, and we'll see how it's going." And, I'm, and I always say, "Like, don't please don't wait three months." You, you know, like, like that's that's insane. It, it really is insane. And, and it's good, good on you for for going out and figuring it out so quickly on your own and, and getting the information that you needed. So, so I can tell you this: my I don't have type one diabetes. My daughter does. Uh, Arden was diagnosed when she was two, and she's eleven now. I started a blog in two thousand and seven that grew into a podcast and, and other things. Um, I'm interested in talking to you today and then you might think it's because of one drop and it is, but, but moreover, the the thing that really drew me to your, to your, to to speaking with you is that when I was presented with type one diabetes in my life, kind of the first thought I had was, was like, well, I can't help my daughter, right? I'm not a scientist and I don't understand things like this. I'm not a doctor. How do I, how do I make her life a little better? Like, how do I benefit? And in the beginning, I thought just advocacy was the way. Like, well, I, I know how to make a website. You know, advocacy is something I can do to help the plight of people with diabetes everywhere. It'll help my daughter. The website sort of turned into more of a, hey, this is how we do it. Maybe you could do it this way, too. It's working for us. Hopefully, it'll, it'll help you. But I wonder if when my daughter was diagnosed, if I had different skill sets, if that energy wouldn't have gone in a different way. And, and that's what really mesmerized me about you because you have a different skill set than I do. And when you got type one diabetes and you were motivated to do something about it, can you, can you tell me a little bit about what you did?
1: Well, you know, I mean, first of all, that experience of going to the doctor and just getting the sort of a quick, it was kind of like a brush off, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was getting brushed off at the doctor you know, in this life-threatening situation. And if I'm left to go figure it out for myself, I started figuring it out, and then you start to realize, like, wow, some of this stuff's kind of messed up, you know? Like, why do these glucose meters look like giant calculators (laughs) or whatever? And why don't they talk to my phone? And why do these insulin pens not talk to anything when I need this information to make the choice? I need, I need this. And then you start to figure out how diabetes is getting like administered and how it's getting cared for in the, in the marketplace. You know, a lot of people are still on fixed doses of insulin. Yeah, They take their, they take their dose in the morning and they take their dose in the evening and then they use that technique of what they call feeding the insulin. Right. So, you know, I'm, um, you know, and that's a way for the doctor to be prescriptive about a certain medication and then shape the other aspects of a person's life around the medication regime, you know? But that's not how people live their lives. And anyway, so I started to mess around with the bits and pieces of the diabetes ecosystem in my own mind, just sort of playing out, like, what would need be needed here to to, to make a difference in my own situation? And given my skill set in digital transformation and my abilities to sort of see opportunities, and then also, you know, having built big, relatively large, you know, digital businesses over the last several years, I had had some, some modest success. Uh, I started to think about the diabetes business, and what about it was working, and what about it wasn't working, and I think it's out of that sort of noodling, if you will, and ruminating, and stewing, and you know, a little bit of uh motivational anger about what was happening in the diabetes marketplace that sort of led me to 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 create, you know, my newest company, OneDrop.
0: And do you think that the reason that a meter, for instance, doesn't isn't connected to something, is it is it just proprietary stuff? It's is it that no one wants to share? It's the it's the capitalist idea that I'm making a meter and it's my goal for everyone to be using it. And if I become you know, ha- have a handshake with another meter. Then it doesn't. You know, is it just people trying to do better, or do you think it's laziness? Do you think it's it's device companies not caring or not having the the kind of knowledge that you have about about how these things work? What, what do you think?
1: So, I think I think it's a bunch of pieces. Um, you know, one of it is economics. So the economics of the meter and strip business, you know, have been a race to the bottom. So how can I you know, make a cheaper meter. Um, the economics of diabetes has always been that way. How can I, you know, deliver the cheapest thing to people with diabetes? Um, the meter and strip market is really one of razor, razor blades, kind of like I'll, I'll give you the razor and I'll sell you the blades. And the strip market is, you know, what was a wildly profitable business and, you know, there was no reason for the price of strips to be where they were. And many companies made a lot of money for a really long time. And, and so so I think, so, so, so one, I think you had this kind of like meter and strip model. I'm going to make my own proprietary meter with my own proprietary things and my own proprietary strips. And I'm going to maximize the life of the profit margins of that strip business. And that's been my business. Why do I need to connect this thing to a phone? Why do I need to build Bluetooth in it? And why do you know, who's going to use this Bluetooth thing? People don't have smartphones, you know, and we're making you know, money. So, so we're making money. Yeah. And so like up till 2007, you know, there was no reason to connect your glucose meter to your smartphone, sure. given the economics of that business. Because um, there wasn't really any smartphones and, you know, people, you know, it was, it was, it was thought that the long Large population of people with diabetes wouldn't have smartphones or wouldn't use them even if they had them. And so you know, all of that proved to be wrong, by the way. Let me just say, you know one, you know, glucose information is crucial to making diabetes decisions, and having glucose information connected to food and insulin and activity information is the only way. And I will say this, it's the only way to make good diabetes decisions. So how is it that the meter makers didn't think about food, insulin and activity as the major drivers of glucose and providing that information to people with diabetes over, you know, via a smartphone? Why that didn't come into play in the device manufacturers minds is baffling to me. And it's one of the you know, primary drivers for why we started OneDrop. But I don't, I don't really understand the the inefficiencies, the lack of logic associated with how diabetes care has been delivered over the last, you know, several decades. It doesn't make sense to me. It, does, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Usually, you when mean, you you hear the companies say, "Oh, it's the FDA," they we can't do that because the FDA won't allow that. But you're not having problems like that no no
1: and fortunately let me say you know the fda may have been more dogmatic about what they viewed as um connected devices and, and 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 the need to regulate them so that may have been a hurdle then um the fda has since i believe made very progressive stance um And taken a very progressive approach to, you know, to to connected devices in mobile health and and med tech, generally speaking. And, you know, I think the most recent set of guidelines that are out are relatively clear about what constitutes an FDA regulated medical device Mm -hmm. and what doesn't and what can be done in the mobile health world mobile apps and, and and things like that and my guess is is that the the meter makers and the device makers just most most of them somehow but most of them have just really not caught up with i think what is a modern approach to to connecting you know personal technology to personal care
0: yeah and, and, and the leaps are are pretty recent and they are bounding forward a Dexcom's a great example of you know, the Dexcom made a share cradle for. I'm sorry. Do you use a
1: glucose monitor or? I do not. You don't. Okay. I, I'm on manual insulin and a manu- and a handheld uh, blood glucose meter.
0: Okay. So, so Dexcom makes this little cradle where yeah. you can all of a sudden dock your 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 CGM to the cradle, and the cradles, you know, basically for overnights, and it would it would it would allow cloud access to the information. Yeah. And in less than 90 days, they were shipping their their receiver that had the the share. You know built right into it obviously they did not go to mark manufacture and market those cradles with the idea that they were going to have a, an okay from the fda just months later on you know on a, on a different better solution so i think it started to pick up out of nowhere and probably surprised them and 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 now people like you who are coming into the space with with a fresh today idea you're going to really benefit from i think from the from the temperature at the fda right now so um, so what are you trying to do with the, with the opportunity? Because I know you are you have an app that's probably, I'm assuming, is it cloud-based or how, how does that, let's talk about the app for a second, I guess. So the apps, the, the, what you're saying is, and rightfully so, I'm just guessing if I don't know where food's coming in, how it's affecting me, where I'm seeing spikes, things like that, like I'm just guessing if I don't have that information. You're trying to keep all that information in one place? Um, and, and make it accessible for people. Is there, I mean, how does the app work? Is there a ton of logging? That's always the thing that, that throws me off is that, um, I always wonder like, you know, will, can you get people to log consistently things? Mm -hmm. And, and I was wondering how you were addressing that too.
1: So you know, again, I use my own experience from the get-go, um, as a, as a basis, but I've been logging every single thing that I eat and every dose of insulin and every, um, bit of physical activity and all of my glucose readings since the day I was diagnosed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think I've missed five meals in two and some years. Um, maybe, you know, or a bite of a cookie or something like that, that I didn't log, but like, for the most part, I've logged my life with diabetes since the day I was diagnosed. And so, you know, I, I wanted to personally understand, like, how hard is this? And how, how can we make it easier? So, so OneDrop, first and foremost, is a, you know, dead simple logging platform. It allows you to very simply log the aspects of your diabetes that matter. Food, insulin, medication, you know, activity, and glucose. And we have been relentlessly focused on making those logging activities even easier and to some extent automating them. So we took the supercomputer that's in your pocket, these mobile phones, and started to utilize the features that are readily available that you use every day anyway Mm -hmm. to automate the process of capturing the diabetes data, one. And then two... We show all of that data to you in a way that allows you to see what's causing what or what the story is in your day to day journey with diabetes, so that one, you have that information accessible to you, and you can see you know what is impacting you. you know we want you to know what you did and know what happened to you when you did it, and then two, you can share that information by emailing a report you know to your to your caregiver yeah. or to your you know, family, um, so that people have have some access and awareness about, about how you're doing.
0: Do you have plans for the data? I I feel like I've heard you talk about
1: that a little bit. Um, well, let me let me let me really quickly finish. The, no, please, please. You know, so so you know so lo- logging your information, you know, sharing it with your caregiver or people that matter to you, and then more than that, you're sharing it with a community of OneDrop users. So all your data is public. Every bit of it. You're glucose your food your insulin your activity it's all it's all anonymous right and de-identified so nobody knows that it's you but all that data is available you know in the one drop we stream where everybody can see how everyone else is managing so you know you may be really really good at you know pizza you know i i never get pizza right if i eat a slice of pizza i'm gonna get it wrong every time mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons but i'm gonna get the the the, the, the bullish shot wrong and so You know, how do you do it? You know, you're, you're really good at it. Well, it seems to be, you you know, take your insulin 30 minutes before you eat the pizza. And it seems to me that you eat two slices of pizza. And it seems to me that you're, you know, you know, you're doing a calculation like this. And so, you know, now I can see your blood glucose reading an hour and an hour and a half later. And it, and it, and it's clear to me that you're doing it right. You know, rather than wait three months till I get to my endo or my doctor, I can see how everybody navigates their diabetes each and every day, each and every moment of the life we all live with diabetes every day. And when we're doing it together, you know, we're doing it in a way that like like I know the struggle that you're going through and you know the struggle that I'm going through. And I know the struggle you go through as a parent with a child with diabetes. Mm-hmm. And you know the struggle I go through as maybe a parent with ch- with a child with diabetes. I don't yeah. not, you know, you you get what I'm saying sure. as an example as an example. Yeah. And so, you know, the logging is one thing, but every log I put into OneDrop is a is a is a moment that is helping somebody else. So you start to go, wow, if I can just, you know, participate in the OneDrop, you know, uh, a platform. I'm helping other people every single day. And so it's logging, but it's also sharing. And then, you know, the data, obviously, on aggregate is very insightful because we can show people one, that they're not alone, and two, that there's quite a bit of information that can, you know, be actionable. So you happen to be high after lunch every day, and we can show you that people that are high after lunch every day are largely either consuming too few carbo- too many carbohydrates or are not taking a large enough bolus shot to go with those carbohydrates. I And, they're so, and I can yeah. point to that actionable insight for you each and every day um, that can help you lower your A1Cs and reduce hypo and hyperglycemic incidence and narrow your glucose range. And so it's not just logging, but it's logging, sharing, and insights in the OneDrop platform.
0: Today. So, so that's really, I, I, I find myself excited and I have a question. So sure. I'm excited because it, it really, it strikes me as, you know, I can think back to the, I, I guess I'm old enough to remember like dialing into the internet. So yeah. I, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that, I guess, yeah, but, but, but nevertheless, as the internet's grown at this point now, when I wonder how to do anything, I search it on the internet. I don't I don't call the company that made the doorknob. I don't, you know, you know, like I just, I look, there's this aggregated information. Someone's going to have it. I read through a little bit, you know, you find the one that's, you know, capitalized at the beginning of the sentences seems to be coherent. It looks like a couple people said, Hey, this has worked for me. And boom, like this, I know how to fix my doorknob.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so you're sort of saying the same thing. You're saying, you know, I struggle with this kind of food or, you know, geez, mornings are hard for me and then I just get to see again, anonymous information, but information about where people have taken their insulin, um, you know, what they've eaten at certain times. So I can look at that and think, well, maybe I could be pre-bolusing like this person did. Like, look, they Correct. took their insulin at eight, but didn't start eating till eight 20. I've never thought to do that or, you know, or whatever That's it right. ends up being. So you're that you're, you're hoping to just kind of, and, and, and it's a community. I mean, it's an anonymous community, but it's still a community. I think, I think community in illness is is one of the most important aspects of it. Um, So, like you said, so you don't feel alone, and and especially so that you can go get information when your doctor's telling you, look, don't come back for ninety days. You can go find other people, and and and, that's really wonderful.
1: I, I mean, I think you know at the root of all this, and let's just be really clear, is that there's there's a tectonic shift happening now in what what I'll call healthcare. And you know that shift is a um, is an inability for the current healthcare system to actually deliver high quality care to you know to a, a large population who is increasingly seeing obesity, you know, diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease, cancer, and a variety of other chronic diseases you know, affect them in extraordinary ways. Our current system, the costs keep going up every year. The care keeps getting worse every year. And it's not designed to care for all of these day in and day out chronic situations. So, and, and given that chronic care is seven out of 10 healthcare dollars today, seven out of 10 healthcare dollars today are chronic disease. Given that there's, three quarters of a trillion dollars a year spent on diabetes and its associated complications. There is no way that the current healthcare system can care for upwards of 500 million people with diabetes today. It, it can't happen. It, it's, it's impossible. I think I think that uh, I, I certainly
0: don't mean to cut you off, but you you've got me a little lit up now. So I, I went to the Dominican once to speak at a diabetes conference and what I saw were people who were trying to manage their type 1 diabetes with like you know five test trips a month and and and, and at the same time I thought, wow, well, there's you know that's the Dominican Republic and that's sad mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. but then I come back here, and unless you're a super motivated person who's online trying to meet people and get good information and fighting with your insurance company all the time and, you know, like I can tell you right now, like my daughter's blood sugar is 117 right now, but I can see it on my phone. I can see it on my phone because I have good insurance and I can afford a phone and I can afford, you know, the things that I have. And, and that's certainly not everybody's situation. We are moving into a place where we're telling people, hey, you know, you have diabetes, here's some rudimentary tools, you know, some sticks to bang together, good luck. And, you know, we'll see you back here in three months, you are not giving people a quality of life at that point. And not even to mention the amount of stress and agony they live with every day, realizing that they're not doing the best they could be doing for themselves. Um, I, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how much what you said means to me. And and at the same time, I'm, I'm dying to know, Now, I know we're talking about OneDrop, but I feel like you have bigger plans than OneDrop, do you?
1: Well, let me finish the thought. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry, please. No, no, no no problem. But I mean, the point really is like, we cannot care for the the healthcare system today cannot treat 500 million people with diabetes. It cannot treat 30 million Americans with diabetes and 70 million Americans with prediabetes. That's one out of three people with some relationship, direct relationship to diabetes today, the current system is is not equipped. We have to empower 500 million people with diabetes to care for themselves. And the the system, the doctors, the hospitals, the, the health, the insurance, none of that stuff is geared up to empower people to care for themselves. None of it. And so you know, when I said that there are tectonic shifts happening in the healthcare industry today, the shift is towards self-care and what we believe to be data-driven self-care. Yeah. So giving you access to your own information and your own data and the data of other people just like you so that you can make better choices. And an empowered individual has control over their destiny. When you're disempowered, when you don't have your own information, when you can't even see your own medical charts because the doctor's too afraid of uh, a liability lawsuit from you know, HIPAA or wherever, like, you're, you're not empowered. And so now you're at a complete disadvantage from the second you walked in there and got your diagnosis to your entire relationship with the healthcare system over time. You are not an empowered consumer to make better choices you know, in every other aspect of your life. You've got the power and every, you can see your bank balances on your phone. You can trade stocks on your phone. You can buy something on Amazon and have it delivered to your house the same day from your phone. You can connect with people all around the world and communicate with them for free worldwide in HD from your phone. <laughs> and yet you can't have access to your own medical information. So how is it that we as individuals are going to deal with? These chronic situations that are happening to us or, you know, in in, in this world today, we need to become empowered. And so, you know, where I'm going with all that is, yes, OneDrop is a logging platform and it's a sharing platform and it's insights and it's a community. And with that, we're taking the first step. There's more to come, but we're taking the first step towards empowering people with information they can use to make better choices on their own if you want to then get into the doctor's office and say hey i've been doing this thing and i'm made making these choices and you know what do you think about this and can you you know obviously for sure you need to consult your doctor and you need to make sure that you're you know making healthy choices but you can't do it in a vacuum with just the doctor you know there's a lot of there's a lot of ways out there for people to um learn about how to navigate that burrito the doctor's not going to help you with the burrito you know but you, you know, you're going to help me with the burrito because I, I have a problem with burritos. Every, every time I try to eat a burrito, I, may, I, I, I get it wrong. And I have a, a blood, blood sugar roller coaster ride. It lasts almost a day or maybe even a day and a half. Like, so if you can help me avoid that burrito roller coaster, gosh, I, I, I sure would be grateful, one. And um, maybe I can help you with something, too.
0: In just a minute, we're going to get back to Jeff and his plans for One Drop. But first, an ad. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say to you, tubeless insulin pump, do you really know what I'm getting at when I say tubeless? Can you picture an insulin pump in your head? It's a gadget. You got to keep it in your pocket or stuff it in your bra or something like that. And then it's got this long piece of plastic tubing that goes from the device where you keep the insulin all the way to your infusion set. Who knows where that infusion set might be on your body, but it's got to go snaking in your clothing and every which way. Oh my goodness. It sounds like tubing, but Omnipod is tubeless. It is the world's only tubeless insulin pump. So that's what I'm talking about. When I say there's no tubing on the Omnipod, there's no tubing on the Omnipod. Now you might have trouble picturing what that means, but the Omnipod is just a little self-contained thing. It's a device, it's a gadget, it's a doohickey. It's not very big, it sticks to you. And then it just, boom, in, insulin. How are you arguing with this? Just go right now, www.myomnipod.com forward slash demo. You put your name in it and a couple other little things. You check off a box. The next thing you know, there's a free non-working demo pod at your house. And then you really, you're really you holding it in your hand and you see what I'm talking about. Seriously? Are you not? T- Look, I mean, finish listening to the podcast first. But then you got to be off to take care of this business. Actually, if you're listening in a podcast app or you're listening on my uh, my site, the Juicebox Podcast, if you click on the link I provided, then Insulate will know that you're coming from the podcast and that'll help. Do it today. Go ahead and get yourself a non-functioning sample demo pod, so you can really figure out what the omnipod's all about. There's absolutely no obligation, and it's going to be well worth your time. Let's figure out here what Jeff's talking about. The man's got a lot of energy, which I like, and he seems uh, he seems like a good-natured dude, so let's let's uh, listen to more. And so how do you get past so I have a couple questions. So how do you get past? Are you giving someone medical inform like advice at that point? Like, where is that line drawn legally? Like, how are you when I when I come into the system and I say, "Oh, here, if I take my insulin here, then I eat my burrito here, I'm going to get this great outcome." What if I don't get that outcome? What if I, what if that pre bolus for me is too much and I end up on the floor having a seizure? Like, is am I do I waive my rights coming into because and the reason I ask that and and yes. is because what you're talking about right now. You're talking about taking something that I do at a very small scale and you're blowing it up. And, and my example will be that in, I'm not sure where your episode's gonna run, but somebody, people have already listened to or are about to listen to a conversation with a mom who I just met online, whose son's graph was everywhere. And after we spoke for 10 minutes on the phone, 10 minutes, Jeff, I gave her a few simple ideas about how to change a couple of little things that she was doing. She was so close and she had seen where she should change. But her doctor was giving her contrary advice. And so she was afraid to make what appeared to be really good decisions for her son. She was afraid to make them. So basically all I did was stand behind her and say, you know, you should follow your heart here a little bit. I think you're on to something I would if I was, you know, if this was me, I would do this. But you always I always find myself I'm talking around it with my daughter, I do this because I don't want her to say, well, he told me to do this. And when four days later this lovely woman sends me a note with a, a glucose you know monitoring screen sent back to me of a flat line for twenty four hours, I have that horrible feeling it's it's a mixed feeling. I think, oh my God, this is great. I feel great for her and for her son. I know what a weight's been lifted for, and she's she's in a good spot now. And then I think, how can I reach more people? And I start talking about like, well, I'll write more on the blog or I'll do more podcasts, but they I mean, they reach people. don't get me wrong but it's never it always feels like it's never enough and it, recently i thought well maybe once a month i'll do like a like a big like group chat like skype or google or something like that and let people just ask questions but how do i protect myself in that situation and how does your company stay protected
1: so i'm not a doctor i'm going to just say that really clearly i am not a doctor um and i don't play one on television and i'm you know not i'm going to pretend like i have Medical training um, caring for people with diabetes i don't um, what I do have is exceptional control over my blood sugar and an approach that works for me mm-hmm. and so you know I think you know i don't I don't know what you need to do to protect yourself from liability from people listening to your information right making. Right, right. making you know, I'm sure there's some legal uh, legalese you, you you have to, you know, share with other folks. We have the same you know, inf- uh, uh, disclosures that state very clearly, you know, you make your own choices. Right. I'm here to capture your data, to share your data with you, because right now you currently don't have that data anywhere else. I'm here to share your own data with you. And then I'm here to make other people's data available to you as well. Um, there isn't anything that anyone can do to um provide you with prescriptive advice. I mean we're never gonna I'm never gonna tell you you should or take six six units of bolus, you know, right now. Yeah. I will never say that because um I don't know whether the data you've given me is good or bad or whether you not telling me about the, you know, other six units of bolus that you took 10 minutes before that you're you know, so we're we're not providing you with anything that is prescriptive in a way that says I'm a doctor, here's what I think you should do. Um, that is not what we do. But what we are doing is making you know data, your own data, available to you. We're making the data of others available to you, and we're showing you um, you know, in in in, in general terms, you know, how people navigate, you know, a situation generally how how people navigate a situation. So education and information, yes. Prescriptive doctor advice? No. And
0: I think it's so, I will say this. My daughter goes to one of the best children's hospitals on the East Coast. And at this point, if I had the A1C machine that they had, I don't even know if I would take her all the time. I, I don't even know what happens in those appointments anymore. You, you know, we go in. How are you? How have things been? Are you growing okay? Is she gaining weight? Does she eat vegetables? Here, let me feel her sights. They feel fine. You're doing a great job. And and I leave. And some days I think, I mean, I guess eventually they're going to catch something, and that's the idea of going for preventative care. But at the same time, there's just not a lot of information coming back to me, and I can't decide. I don't think I'm at some pinnacle of diabetes care. I'm certainly not perfect at it, and no one, no one is, I guess. And I, I, I always hope to learn something in there, but it just never happens. And then I talk to people in the community and I learn things all the time. My daughter uses a different insulin because of something someone said. Right. Um, you know, I found out about a glucose monitor years and years ago because of someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if anyone at my doctor's office ever would have brought that up or not. And you know, my daughter's A1C has been between five nine and six two for two years, mm-hmm. and that's based largely on how I've taken information from the outside, from other people living with diabetes, and aggregated it and and found a way to use it for myself. You you are doing. You are trying to do that on a large scale. I'm, I'm all for that. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so I don't need. So your meter's not. You, you're, you developing a meter, or it's prepared, it's ready, or no?
1: Uh, we will be bringing our meter into market in the fourth quarter of 2016. Okay, so this is, uh, we're a couple quarters away.
0: And so, and, and you have. I've seen pictures of it, but it doesn't look like it's using a test strip that I've seen in the past. So this is a meter with test strips, and how? How, are you in now the business of selling medical supplies or how is that going to work
1: so let's see we are um we have we have created a bluetooth enabled uh handheld glucose monitor uh it uses a test strip like test strips you've seen before uh it's a regular in vitro you know diagnostic blood glucose meter and uh, the i think the one standout Aspect of it is that it's connected to the app and it automatically logs your glucose for you. So you don't have to, you know, if you test your blood like you always do, that data automatically gets entered into the app. Uh, by the way, just as a diversion, um, your activity that you, you know, need to enter auto also automatically gets entered into the app as long as you have your phone with you. Right now, we're about to release um, this auto meds function. So all of your medication, if you take it regularly, uh, at the same time other than bullish shots um, if you take orals or if you're on a, a basal drip or if you're uh, taking a a single you know uh, basal insulin shot at the same time every day or every night uh, all that gets automatically entered into one drop off for you and so really we're trying to get to the last thing that really needs manual logging which is food um, and food you still still have to take a picture or we want you to take a picture of your food and dial in the carbs and that takes about a half a second so you know if you can Spare a half a second for your meals to log um, and, uh, and just sort of, you know, use our meter and, and, and use our automeds feature and you bring your phone with you when you're, when you're active, your you're three out of the four main variables are automatically logged for you. So we're, we're trying to, again, the meter is really a way for us to help you make it very, very simple to capture the data you need to make better choices and then reward you for doing that by giving you the insights you need to make better choices.
0: Sure. It's funny. It might sound like a lot for somebody to take a picture of their food, but that's pretty much how like the Weight Watchers app works. I think too, and and people who who track what they eat closer, even if they're not dieting, the, I I do believe a lot of apps work that way. So, um, and and that's so that when this information goes up on the cloud, not only did I say I had a slice of pizza, but you can look at it and say, well, well, that pizza looks bigger or smaller than the slice I'm about to have, or it's thicker, or is that the idea behind it?
1: That's right. I mean, yeah. well, it's two things. One, people really, they, they kind of lie to themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the picture keeps you honest in a way. It's like, here's the quantity of food that I ate. Here's what was on that plate. And it, it more than anything helps you remember, here's what I did. And here's what happened to me when I did it. So when you see that spike, oh man, 280 or 300 or whatever, it's like, <laughs> what did I eat? Oh, there's a picture of it, you know? Well, mm then you can start to like do the do the work and try to understand like okay i guess you know white rice there was more white rice on that plate than i thought there was and that white rice is really the thing that you know that threw me on this one um or whatever it is you know i'm not saying don't eat the white rice i'm saying just know what happens to you when you eat it
0: have the information yeah Yeah.
1: and that photo you know so let's say you dial in the white rice carbs and you put in 60 grams and that's what you thought was there because you thought it was a single cup of white rice. You used a food library to look it up and boom, you know, that's what you thought. Well, actually it was two cups of white rice. And so you were off by a hundred percent, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you don't think you just, you you clear a plate and you go back and you grab a little more and it only feels like a little more in your mind. And, and there's always more carbs when I'm, when I'm doing carbs for my daughter, I mean, rule of thumb, there's always more there than I think there is. You you know, I mean, I, I very rarely underestimate for insulin. It's always, you always wish you used more, you, you know? Um, Wow, that's really crazy. Is there any? Now I'm going to ask you questions. You might be like, no, absolutely not. But if your platform gets big and it's being used by scads and scads of people, would you license the technology and the meter to other meter companies so other people could use it? Like, I mean, how big do you, or, or is it something you keep in house and and just hope you can help enough people that way? Can I use the app without the meter?
1: So the app and data platform today is free for everybody. So, and it will remain that way. So we want as many people using OneDrop to help themselves to manage their self-care, uh, to log easier, to be part of the community and share insights with each other um, as, as many as possible for free forever. So, you know, it's our goal to help as many people as we can do that, you know, with a simple, elegant solution with community. And every, again, every moment you log on OneDrop is helping somebody else navigate their diabetes. So don't just do it for you. Do it for do it for everybody with diabetes, because every every single moment can help someone else make a better choice. Um, and so, you know that that's that. Um, we will never sell your data to anyone. You're never going to be. We're never going to, you know, sell you out and and use your data to market at you or do anything like that. The data is really there to help people make better choices. So um, our goal is to. You know get as many people as we can on the platform give them meaningful insights that help them, them make better choices lower their a1cs lower their glucose variants and eliminate hyper and hypoglycemic incidents and that's where we focus our energy the data is there to do that um, and if we do that then then I think we've, we've got a uh, an opportunity to help a lot of people
0: yeah and so you and so it begs the question the the apps free um, I mean the business model you're, you're not uh, and may, or maybe you are are you running the company out of the goodness of your heart or how does it how does it keep itself sustained because that's going to be the next question because i've gone through stuff like this with people in the past the first question the reason i asked it they're going to be like they're going to take my data and they're going to do this with it or and right. or you know, so we're not and so you're not to be, right
1: we're, we're not we're going to give your data back to you and you know you can have your data if you want it and you can help other people with your data and that's what we're doing with your data. And I'm
0: am assuming it. when I go to log my food like a Netflix ad's not going to flip up in front of me either. So so how do you, how do so, so that's an interesting question because I'm not a business person like how, what's the model there? Like how is it how is it a business when when you're giving it away?
1: So much like you see with a lot of products out there there's a free version and then oftentimes there's a freemium or a premium version. Mm-hmm. And the premium version is is really where we you know, offer you a gorgeous, you know, Bluetooth-connected glucose meter, a unlimited supply of test strips each and every month delivered to your door, and so several other premium features that allow you to manage your diabetes better. And so, you know, you'll see some of that unfold uh, this coming year. But you know, the meter and strips, you know, people are aware of. There's a, a few other aspects to Helping people manage their diabetes better that will be offered as part of a premium subscription service, so uh, much like Harry's razors or Dollar Shave Club, you pay a, a monthly subscription fee and uh, you'll get you know our Bluetooth connected meter, the app, the community the insights, several other you know premium features plus you know unlimited test test tips.
0: trips and will i find will I find that model to be less expensive than how I'm buying test trips?
1: Yep. Yeah, I will. You'll find it both either at par with with a better product or less expensive than what you're currently getting. And you're getting unlimited. So I want you. You know, I don't know many people that test more than 300 times a month. But for the most part, you know, if you're currently on Medicare or Medicaid and you're getting one or two strips a day, you know, it's a big jump. Yeah. You can test more often and feel a lot more confident that you're managing your diabetes together with everybody else on the platform.
0: Um, your engineers, what what tolerances are they shooting for with the meter? I think right now the FDA says you can be off 20% in either direction. Is that, I mean, obviously you'll fall into that, but are you?
1: Uh, we're actually gonna be looking at the newer standards, which I think, I think you know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, has a 15% tolerance. And so we'll be well within the new guidelines.
0: So well so I just just for a second to kind of go backwards but you you kind of said in passing that you're inject you still in, you inject insulin you're not using an insulin pump
1: you yep. don't
0: you don't have a glucose monitor nope. and so with the the so you were doing with information what the glucose monitor does without all that information like so I can like I I'll f- fully admit that I'm not I'm not nearly the diabetes guru I am without without a Dexcom on my daughter. And and I bump blood sugars around slightly to keep them around. Like, you know, if I see a 120, we don't let it sit at 120. We try to push it down. And and you know, if you know if she's 80, then 80's great and we'll let her ride there forever and we feel comfortable about that because we can see if she's about to fall or or, or to rise. Um but you're making similar decisions, but you're doing it in a way that I would consider blind, but you're not blind because you have so much historical data. You probably feel like a glucose monitor yourself with all that data. Is that kind of how it works? Cause I'm trying to imagine how you're, how you're managing. And, and that's the only thing that's popping into my head is that you, you're, you're turning into a predictive meter for yourself almost. Is that about how it's working for you?
1: Um, sort of, but not quite. Okay. Um, you know, one I have A one C somewhere in the five point three to five point nine range. Um, and I have made a decision and I, I realize that this is controversial to many, but I, I I don't find it I I I I'm shocked at why more people don't approach this. But I've I've generally eliminated carbohydrates for my diet. Are and you so, like
0: paleo or just lower carb in general or um
1: I don't eat meat so I so I, I eat basically low no carb and fish, eggs, cheese, and vegetables, okay um, and am I rigid about it? no, so do I occasionally have a slice of pie or do I eat you know a, you know some some holiday cookies that showed up in my office the other day absolutely, you know once in a while am i but am I snacking on like chips and stuff like that all the time, and is bread or pasta or rice or potatoes or um sweets or fruit a part of my daily regimen? No, it is not. And so when you eliminate the primary driver of glucose highs, then it makes managing, you know, your glucose so much easier. One, and two, it eliminates most of the risk of glucose lows because glucose lows are only caused by insulin and
0: you're not piling insulin
1: and I'm not taking insulin Yeah, really like i take you know 19 units of Lantus at night which gives me a baseline with no carbs of in range mm-hmm. and I take no bolus during the day unless I eat carbs and so I'm my bolus to basal ratio is somewhere in the 10 to 25 percent to 75 percent for basal you know and so you know I I remember I had a streak a couple weeks ago where I went like nine days with no bolus. Um, And what happens is that, you know, you end up with, you know, no lows, you end up with no highs, and you end up with a a glucose variance that is very tight, and you end up lowering your A1Cs. And so I'm not certain why more people aren't, you know, advocating strongly a low-no-carb approach, at least to initially managing your diabetes, and then reintroducing carbs as you learn to bolus for them properly. Because from what I can tell, you know, there's a lot of people who um, are, you know, unwilling to address the carb issue and then need all of these tools, need a CGM and need pumps to, in essence, more closely manage, you know, the, the, you know, the, the effect of in essence carbohydrates and so i'm not I'm, I'm not here to judge one way or the other and i um empathize no. with everybody using their own approach to managing their diabetes Absolutely. some people have a high carb approach some people have an insulin and cgm on uh, a pump and cgm approach some people are no carb high fat whatever whatever your situation is i encourage everybody to figure it out for themselves right but for me this is how you're doing. you know yeah i achieve the results that i achieve by eliminating the one risk factor that I can control. Yeah. The one risk factor I can control is carbohydrates. Everything else after that, whether it's a CGM to help me monitor where my blood sugars are, whether they're high or whether it's a pump to help me get more granular control of my insulin or whether it's a CGM to help me monitor when too much insulin has been taken and I'm going low or everything in between, you know, I prefer to eliminate the risk up front by just not eating the carbs in the first place. And
0: that's the way that i do it well jeff i uh, there's a number of foods that my daughter doesn't eat that i'm sure if she had didn't have type 1 diabetes i don't think i'd stop her from eating so (laughs) you know and and it's it really is something that it's tougher i don't want to say it's tougher if it's it's a child but it, it is a little harder for kids and so and at the same time it's not it's no less difficult for me if you told me today i needed to adapt your your diet right away i would i would probably struggle for a little while Um, And so we've made like some adjustments, like, you know, listen, I I will tell you that having my daughter having diabetes has shown me foods I don't eat anymore, just because of how impactful they are on her blood sugar. I think, well, what is it? It's doing the same thing to me. I just happen to have insulin production, and it still doesn't make it healthy, you know, and so there's and I'm kind of grateful for that. There's a lot of there's a lot of changes that we've been able to make because of that. There's not a lot of bread eaten in the house. What is eaten, I make myself, so that at least I know it's just, it's just flour and water and a little bit of, you know, butter, and and it's not. I, I can at least know there's not a ton of preservatives in it. You know, it goes bad in a couple of days if you uh, even if you put it in a plastic bag, and and um, you know, and that is comforting to me. And at the same time, I can't disagree with what you're saying. You know, I mean, I've, I can take care of white rice, but how often does she eat white rice? not very you, you know maybe maybe there's Chinese food every couple months mm-hmm. you know but it's a uh, it's something else you know you should see what goes into it the pre bolusing and the extended boluses and temp basils and and you know testing six hours later because God knows if there's you know still two pieces of that chicken and left in, in your stomach breaking down and and uh, it's not it, it's not easy that's certainly true and I I congratulate you for making such a a lifestyle change that's that's impressive so i mean good for I mean, you
1: how i do it i mean you know, yeah i'm not i'm not uh again i'm not a doctor and, and everybody handles their situations differently but for me you know the one risk factor that causes literally every single person with diabetes to have to deal with yeah you know is carbohydrates it's food coming in yeah and, and I mean, so i'm just and i'm just it. saying
0: my congratulations to you is just being you know is being the type of person that could say, I'm going to make a change no matter what the change is and making it. I mean, that's, that's
1: very impressive. You know, we have a lot, you know, I think everybody can empathize with it, but I mean, we all have an emotional connection to food. You know, it's our initial relationship with, with our mamas, you know, from, from the, from birth is, is an emotional connection to, you know, to food. And so you know, as we grow up, the rewards that we get are cookies. And, you know, the 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 warmest times we have with our families are around the dinner table or at family gatherings. And the things that we celebrate with are always food-related. And so, you know, it's not something that I take lightly. It's something that is deeply tied to our psyches and to our emotions. Um, but let me say, like, you can either – you you can address, you know, that food issue, you know, on the front side of the equation, or or you're really stuck with addressing every other aspect of diabetes on the back side. So you're stuck with addressing an endocrinology or a GP community that, you know, has six minutes for you and you see every 30 day every three months, and you're stuck with a, you know, a, a system that's ill equipped to care for five hundred million people with diabetes, and you're stuck with, you know, a universe of of gear, you know, that still doesn't talk to each other and still doesn't give you actionable insights that allow you to make better choices. You know, you're stuck with with technology that still traps your data into data silos and doesn't allow you to connect it to other things so that you can, you know, live a better life. And so, all of those aspects are what you deal with if you are, and if you're willing to deal with. You know, if you're not. Um, Addressing sort of the carb issue on the front side, and I know this is a polarizing issue, and I'm going to get flamed for it, so bring it on. But oh. um, um, this is my own personal view, and and so I'm 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 a strong advocate for people, you know, becoming empowered when when you see what rice does to you, or when you see what potatoes, you know, will do to you, or when you see what white bread or you know, you simple sugars, you know, will do to your blood sugar, and how many people struggle with the proper bolus dose, maybe, maybe you get it right every time, you know, maybe you're the guy or the gal or the kid who nails it every time. And for those that do, gosh, I, I'm, I, I empathize with you. I know for me who, you know, I do, I bear, I rarely get the carb, you know, carb ratio <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know about you, but like, I'm really eating a, a carb filled situation, whether it's Chinese food or, or pizza or a burrito or whatever it is, if it has carbs in it, it's like it's so rare that I'm getting it perfect. And I have, I do like, the. I don't know about you guys, anybody here who's listening to this, but like I do a little happy dance when I check my blood an hour and a half or an hour after I've eaten a heavy carb situation and bolus for it. And when it, you know, when the blood sugar is right on. I you know? see and that like, it's wow. there. Yeah. yeah I, do, I do the little, you know, my wife laughs at me, but I do so, <laughs> like groovy dance move because it's such like a, uh, you know, a cherished moment for having, Gotten the puzzle correct just certainly. once.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Know? No please. Uh, you gotta be and, kidding uh,
1: me. You certainly you know and you don't want to see me with my moves or whatever. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to watch me do my happy dance moves, but but um you know that, you know, the fact that I that I'm overjoyed with the one time that I get it right or whatever is is just evidence that I'm guessing that, you know, a lot of people might feel the same way. They might struggle the way that I do with you know, carb counting and bolus incorrectly and the roller coaster of um, highs and lows that come from an inability, and this isn't anyone's fault, mm-hmm. you know, an inability to really, you know, dial it in and get it right. And that's because foods are so laden with with hidden carbohydrates. It's because food has such an emotional tie to us that we we, 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 we need... Those carb laden foods to feel the love that we once you know connected with our mothers with or whatever you know what i mean, I mean uh, i'm sure. no, I like a, painting a picture, but you know, and so we have to i think be willing to either you know address the carbs on the front end or you know um understand that that there's going to be a really complex relationship with technology, data medication roller coaster rides and um, uh, a sense of loss of control you know, which, which is the, the inevitable result.
0: No, I think it's great to listen to different perspectives on everything. So I yeah. I, I wouldn't imagine anybody would be mad at you. But, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> listen, I do. I see the internet. I know. You know, when somebody <laughs> says, oh, I, I eat paleo and I don't have to take much insulin. Everybody's like, my kid likes this. And there's yelling. And oh, and, and and I get, and I get that. Get, and I get that. Yeah, yeah. But it's at the same time, I mean, I, I hope people look past that. Because whether you whether you just heard Jeff describe how he eats and think, well, I can't do that or I don't want to do that or you don't. It's still very valuable to hear it. I mean, the guy's telling you about a an A one C in the fives and he's not really using much insulin. That's uh that that's a that's a win. you know, I mean there's there's no way to call it anything but that. So I mean I'm 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 really grateful that you, you shared that because you easily could have come on and just talked about the app and the meter and shut up about the rest and got going. But but good for you. You know, I mean, um I, I think that's how the community becomes valuables when people feed all this information and, and you get to take out of it what works best for you. So I, I think that's what we've been talking about for the last yeah, hour, exactly. honestly. Jeff, I'm not going to keep you any longer because you just perfectly summed up everything I wanted to talk about. I do want to say thank you very much and I want to I you know, wish you a ton of luck when you launch the meter at, the, uh, at the, the end of the year. You're pretty stuck on quarter four. You think it's going to happen?
1: uh right now from everything that i know we will be in market in q4
0: looking good that's excellent well if you uh want to reach back out at that time or something and and uh i don't know give one away to somebody or or just to get (laughs) the idea out there even just to once you've got the um the model broken down right i'd be thrilled to put up information just on the blog about how the model works and everything that'd be great
1: Great. I mean, right now I think people should download the app at OneDrop today or on the Apple iTunes store for iOS. We'll be rolling out Android later this year. Uh you'll see a lot of new features coming in. Uh some some you know great, great additions to the free product and then um you know new additions to what will be a premium product uh later the later in the year. And so uh, you know, we are again open and free. To everybody with prediabetes and any form of diabetes that wants to um, connect with the elements that matter to them in food, glucose, insulin, and activity, and you know, connect with others that are you know navigating diabetes uh, each and every day as well. So we're all doing this together.
0: Yeah, Jeff, I do have one last question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. If it, at some point with the meter in the package, it's is it coverable by insurance? Are you looking into that, or is it going to be a cash transaction?
1: Uh, we're looking at a couple different models, so um, so uh, w- our, our goal is to bring the product free to the user via some form of insurance, whether it's reimbursable or provided to you as a benefit from your employer or your insurance company. So we are, that is our goal. We will also have a self-pay model that should be should be right around the range of a copay the monthly subscription so in essence even if you had insurance you're paying the copay anyway right and so we'd rather you have a better product with a community of people with unlimited strips um for that same amount of money
0: that makes sense well jeff i wish you nothing but luck in transforming how it is we take care of each other because it certainly needs transforming um and and good for you for 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 getting involved i you know it it's very simple for you. I mean, we didn't talk about your, you know, your business life at all. But I'm sure there are other options out there for how you could have spent your time and your, and your focus. And and I want to thank you for spending it in the diabetes world. I I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And um, looking forward to the future. Uh, one drop at a time. Thanks so much. Have a Bye. great day. You too. Bye.
0: Just a quick reminder that nothing you heard on the Juicebox Podcast is. Advice, medical or otherwise, always, always, always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. Everything that Jeff was just speaking about is available for you to look at at onedrop.today. That's onedrop.today. Thank you very much to Insulet for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. You can find me on the interwebs at Arden's Day or at Juicebox Podcast. Don't forget that you can listen to the show on iTunes or iTunes at juiceboxpodcast.com on your favorite app. But if you're listening in iTunes, please subscribe and rate and review the show because it helps the show. Uh, What else? What else? Oh, if you're going to check out the Omnipod, check it out through one of the links at juiceboxpodcast.com or through the podcast app that you're listening in. In the show notes, we are right back next week with... What do I want to do next week? Ooh, I know who I'm going to put on next week. I don't want to say and ruin the surprise, but you're going to love it. I'll see you later.